0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It is Thursday, November 14th. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and I am happy to be back with you talking Boston Bruins hockey, despite the fact we are mired in a four-game losing streak. Coming up in a, uh, a few moments, I'm going to be talking to Sam Prevo of Bleacher Report and Pucker Up Sports. Uh, she's going to help Uh, tee-up Friday night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Both teams are uh, currently on losing streets. I mentioned the Bruins have lost four in a row. Leafs have now lost three in a row. And so we'll just see what's going on there and what to expect coming up Friday. Uh, The Bruins were off here on Wednesday. And uh, I believe they'll be practicing later Thursday morning. Uh, So not much in the way of Bruins news to to look at. But we'll still uh, yeah, just see what's going on. Take a look at the Bruins, uh, the Leafs, look around the NHL, and uh, yeah, get on with our Thursdays. First of all, I just want to mention that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Uh, Please email the show if you have any uh, comments or suggestions or feedback at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. You can also follow uh, the show Uh, On your podcast app, you can uh, subscribe via Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated if you would subscribe, download on a daily basis, listen, rate, and review. Uh, It would be very much appreciated. And uh, yeah, on with today's show. I mentioned the Bruins did not practice yesterday. Uh, We're still waiting news on Zach Seneshin's injury. Whether or not he'll be able to play um, Friday night against the Maple Leafs or even Saturday against the Capitals, um, Jake DeBrusk is still out. Tori Krug is still injured, so uh, we could have a, an interesting looking lineup for the Bruins uh, against both Toronto and Washington. Uh, the Maple Leafs are, of course, without Mitch Marner right now. They lost on Thursday, no, sorry, Wednesday night to the New York Islanders. And, um, yeah, they they looked really good to begin the game. They went down 2-0. Their penalty kill, as as you'll hear Sam and I discuss, is on a a really downswing right now. Uh, The Islanders are on a 13-game point streak. They're 12-0-1. And uh, they did score two uh, goals in the power play, two for three on the power play. Uh, they went two for two on the penalty kill. So special teams were a big reason why the uh, Islanders got the best of the Maple Leafs. And I think that will be a big factor coming up here on Friday night's game as the uh, Bruins have the best power play in the league and the Maple Leafs have a bottom tier uh, penalty kill. So that will be something to uh, look out for and uh, something that Sam and I uh, get into in our conversation coming up here in a moment um yeah so why don't we just jump right into that actually here is my chat with sam and uh we'll tee that up uh friday night's game and then uh, afterwards i will just take a quick look around the nhl and that will be it for episode 34 thanks so much again for joining me please enjoy this chat with sam prevo of bleacher report and pucker up sports I'm joined now by Sam Prevost from Bleacher Report and also uh, Pucker Up Sports here in Toronto. Uh, I apologize in advance if there's any background noise. I have two children home sick today, so there might be uh, some shenanigans in the background, but hopefully Disney Plus carries us through this conversation and there's no uh, distractions. Uh, My first question, Sam, is what the hell is up with the Maple Leafs?
1: Hi. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would love to know what's going on with the Maple Leafs, to be completely honest. I Watching, I mean, especially last night's game, when you sit down and you watch it, it's like two different teams at times. Like, the first period, two goals off the bat, it seems almost. And then 15 minutes of the second period, the Islanders don't have a shot. It's just, it's wild to watch, to be 100% honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I was just looking at the standings this morning, and um, if you go strictly by points, the Leafs are, uh, I guess, they have the third most points in the Atlantic Division. They're one back of Montreal and Florida, and then four back of Boston, but if you look at point percentage, the fact that they've pl- played 20 games, they're actually sixth in the Atlantic, just uh, you know with only Detroit and Ottawa behind them, so... Pretty, um, yeah, weird time for this team. They obviously have the offense going. They they have 67 goals, but they also have allowed 65. I know goaltending has been a big question for them, but uh, the penalty kill has also been pretty atrocious lately. I think I saw James Myrtle from The Athletic last night. He tweeted out that they're like sixth worst. Um, And also on the power play, they're not really giving their top guys um like a ton of minutes on the power play so i don't know what are your thoughts on kind of mike babcock's strategy these days he's a big source of uh contention among a large part of the fan base uh do you think a lot of it's pinned on on him or or is it more of a a personnel issue at this point
1: um i do think that part i mean i feel like you can't put blame on one person or one thing I think there's a it's a two-way street especially with the level of talent that that this team has I mean at what point like and I feel like some we still think of these players as like the rookie you know babies that they were when this whole thing first started coming together and now they're NHL vets they all have like a few hundred games under their belt especially players like Morgan Riley I mean, they have Taveras there who's played a large amount of games so I think you know it's it's tough to, you know, say like, oh, like it's they're, you know, they're still learning and all that kind of, You can't say that anymore. And then, and then you have Mike Babcock's system that's kind of baffling at times. I mean, Zach Hyman played more minutes last night in his season debut than Austin Matthews.
0: Oh my gosh. That's
1: Which is I mean, I love Zach and I think he's great and I think he brings a lot of good elements to the game. And to be fair, he he does play on the penalty kill and he I'm sure some of those minutes that were more than Austin were on the penalty kill. But right. Austin on the first power play. They had two power plays. Why are you not riding him on the power play? If you're losing, why are you not playing him more often in the end in the end minutes of the game? You know, especially when they started coming back miraculously after they gave up the empty netter. So I think it's it's a, it's a mix of both, but it's definitely, I think part of it is definitely uh, the way Babcock kind of sees these players and, like, imagines their role in things. I guess you right. can say in his comments about Tyson Berry were a little confusing, uh, yeah. and he's using Travis Dermott and back into things, but Zach Hyman was missed the same amount of time, and he's playing 17 and a half minutes in a season debut, so it's... It's just a weird time, I think.
0: Yeah. The Tyson Berry thing was really weird. Like, um, you have to imagine that Kyle Dubas brought him in to play on his strengths, which is, you know, moving the puck, really offensively gifted defenseman, top pair power, power play guy. And then, yeah, Babcock was talking the other day as though, you know, he wants him to. Be some sort of defensive specialist. So I don't I wonder if there's some sort of disconnect between Dubas and Babcock. I, I can't imagine that Dubas would be too thrilled with having uh, yeah, traded Nazem Kadri to bring in uh Barry and Kerfoot as well to see him deployed in that manner, especially since he'll probably only be around for, for one season. You want to get the most out of him. That's a really weird. Weird situation, and it makes me wonder if there's some sort of uh, if that relationship is isn't that great or or what. But that, yeah, the Tyson Berry situation is really odd. I have no idea what what the rationale is behind that.
1: Yeah, and I've even said like I've I think I, I don't know if I've written about it, but I've definitely suggested it like on on Twitter that you know if the power play really isn't get isn't going, why not put Tyson Berry on PP one? He's on PP two right now. And I just don't like, you know, maybe I, I understand that like the top unit, you know, you have like the, the quote unquote, the A team, all the guys that wear the A's, M- Morgan, Matthews, uh, Mitch Marner, all those guys. I mean, Marner's out now. So why not take this opportunity to play with it and, and maybe throw, you know, a Tyson Berry in mm-hmm. on the on the top power play unit just to even just change it and just get something new going, you know,
0: right. Yeah, you mentioned Marner is out. And I think uh, they haven't won since he was injured on Saturday against the Flyers, I believe. And they're now, they have they lost that game. They've lost two since. Um, but in my mind, William Nylander has really seemed to step up. And he, he's playing arguably the best among all the forwards, like just uh, his overall game. Do you see some steps forward for for Nylander this year I know he's often unfairly maligned because of the the contract situation last year and um, maybe him thinking that he's better than he is but in my mind he's he's definitely living up to the billing that uh, we would expect from a player of his his potential for sure what do you think about his game lately
1: yeah, I think I agree with you. I think he's probably, if not the best, one of the best Leafs forwards so far this year. Um, he's just been unreal to watch. And I mean, I, I was I saw something. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before that when Matthews and Nyland are on the are on the ice, their possession metrics go like up like five or six points when they're on the oh ice, my gosh. and then yeah, and then it's like lower when they're off, like with when they're not on the ice. It's just insane. And I think, I mean, I think obviously Matthews plays a role in that as well, but I think a lot of it has to do with William Nylander and he's just been stepping up in like big moments and like game tying goals, you know, go ahead goals, things that they really need. And, and I think last year was kind of just a tough situation with the contract. And then he didn't have all the top level, you know, proper training going into the season. And so he just was, he spent the entire year playing catch up, but now that he's, he was with the team from the get-go. I think we're really finally seeing why he got the contract he got last year.
0: Sure, yeah. Now, the Bruins and Maple Leafs, they're going to be playing a rare uh, Friday night game uh, coming up tomorrow night. Um, They both – it'll be the first game of a back-to-back for both teams. Mm -hmm. I guess traditionally, uh, Babcock has chosen to – play Frederick Anderson in the first game of back-to-backs and had been turning to Michael Hutchinson. Now uh, he's gone, and they brought up uh, another backup who I guess will play Saturday if that plan goes. But both the Bruins uh, and Leafs are both on losing streaks, so something we'll have to give uh, in this matchup. One team will obviously have to win based on the fact that we have the shootout era now. do you see? you think the Leafs will be able to rise up to the challenge or will their uh, current struggles, do you think, be compounded by the Bruins as they have been in the past? What, I, what, are you, what are you thinking about this game?
1: I'm very on the fence about this game because I don't want to completely write the Leafs off and I don't want to completely say, like, no, they're going to bounce back because they lost two in a row and they're angry. Like, it's it's so tough. I mean, especially with – as of late scotiabank arena it hasn't been the as true of a home ice advantage i think as the leafs would like to have um i think it really rides on their i think a main big huge factor i mean even in the playoffs um we saw this against the the bruins was this is special teams i mean they just make so many mm-hmm seemingly silly mistakes I mean they got they thankfully didn't get caught but at least once maybe twice last night they almost got called for too many men on the ice and when you're losing and when you're having trouble on the penalty kill you just can't take a, a penalty like that uh Travis Dermott's tripping penalty last night was because uh the the Islanders uh they had a turnover and they were trying to you know play catch up kind of and that you can't make those mistakes so I think if that's bound to happen against the Bruins, I mean, that's I mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine it won't ha- uh, it it not happening. But if they they have to be strong on the penalty kill, and if they get a power play, they have to capitalize on it because the Bruins on the opposite end are just so deadly on the power play. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I think- totally. They the Bruins have the top ranked power play in the NHL right now. They're rolling at like over thirty percent on the power play. That's been the one strength of their game, even in this current funk that they're in. Uh, David Pasternak, you know, is kind of emerging as like a Ovechkin, Stamkos type threat on the power play, just firing it from that uh, right circle. So, yeah, I think I think you're totally right. That's going to be a huge, huge part of the game is whether or not the Maple Leafs can stay out of the penalty box and if they can actually kill those penalties, which, yeah, yeah. they really haven't been doing a lot lately. Yeah.
1: And I do think, I mean, Freddie Anderson's been unreal. I mean, even last night and in other games where, like, they do give up, like, five or however many goals. Like, he's – they could have given up way more if Freddie wasn't in net. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a – like, November Freddie, but it's, like, it's definitely real. Like, November Freddie is in full force right now. Um, So, I mean, I hope that it's the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I can't see it being any different. He's just a beast, so – I think goaltending will also play a role if Freddie can keep the Leafs in it, even if the Leafs give up a, a power play goal or two. So I think it's definitely all on like the defensive side, the penalty kill and the, I mean, I feel like that's the story all the time, right? The Leafs score all those goals. You just need to stop the other team from scoring just as many. So I think those will be the two biggest factors for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, it should be uh entertaining Friday night game and, uh, I want just want to thank you again for taking some time to chat this morning. Where can uh, people find you on Twitter, and, and where can they find um, all the stuff that you're doing hockey-wise these days?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, no yes, so you can find me on Twitter at s underscore prevo p r e z o t, and you can also follow Pucker Up Sports at Pucker Up Sports or Pucker Up Toronto specifically at Pucker Up Toronto.
0: Sweet, and I'll uh, I'll make sure to. To um, yeah, add those handles when I'm sharing the podcast this morning, and yeah, thanks again for for taking the time, and maybe we will definitely try to connect sometime down the road when uh, the Bruins and Leafs play again, or just talk just to talk NHL in general. Thanks so much, Sam. Before we move on, I just wanted to talk for a moment about DoorDash. If you've already got your sweatpants on for the day and you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza, DoorDash can help with restaurant quality food. With a living room dress code, with door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and across Canada, ordering from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. It's so easy with the DoorDash app. Right now, Locked On Boston Bruins listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's promo code locked on for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Treat yourself. Thanks again to Sam for joining me. Do follow her on Twitter. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can connect it down the road because that was a really great chat, despite the fact that my sons were in the background uh, asking me for our drinks and uh, to help them out. Uh, so hopefully that wasn't too much of a distraction. To wrap up today's show, we'll take a quick look at some NHL headlines and reports, rumors of the day. I mentioned the Islanders extended their point streak to 13 games. John Tavares was again met by chance of we don't need you. And Zach Hyman, as Sam mentioned, he made his season debut. And um, yeah, the Maple Leafs have now lost six of their last ten, two of which were in overtime. And I mentioned their, uh holding on to the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference and by point percentage, they're sixth in the Atlantic. So uh, hopefully the Bruins can take advantage of that um, elsewhere around the league. The Washington Capitals extended their point streak to 13 games as well, matching the Islanders. Both those teams are kind of uh, running away in the Eastern Conference as the Bruins are taking a step back. Um, I mentioned yesterday uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot as a potential trade target for the Bruins. He recorded his first career hat-trick as the uh, Senators beat the Devils 4-2. He has eight goals in his last six games, um, and that could only uh, you know ramp up his trade value, which may price him out of what Boston is willing to pay uh, later on this season. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, one other note. Uh, relevant to Bruins, especially in the past. Uh, former Florida Panthers and Vancouver Canucks goaltender Roberto Wolongo has rejoined the Panthers as a special advisor to general manager Dale Talon. He retired over the summer, spent 11 of his NHL seasons with the Panthers. Uh, so it's cool to see Strombone get back in the game, and uh, we'll see how that affects the Panthers, who, as I mentioned, Time and time again, I'm pretty high on this season, uh, despite Bobrovsky's early season struggles. Uh, The big trade speculation out there right now is related to Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, The Hockey News cited a source saying that he's going to be granted an outright release from his contract by the Kings. Uh, The Kings didn't have any comment on that. Uh, He's in the second year of a three-year, eighteen point seven five million dollar deal. Termination of the deal would not give the Kings any salary cap relief. He's a 35-plus contract, meaning if he's bought out or released, they're still on the hook for his cap hit. Uh, If he is granted release, he could sign with another NHL club at a discounted rate or um, sign with the KHL team and go back to Russia. Um, I don't think the Bruins would be interested based on his performance with the Kings, although... Uh, the the situation there is is not really conducive to success at this point. Um, it would have to be retained salary if um, the Kings wanted to trade him, which would still be a bonus for them. If even if they retained half, that would be uh, less than what they'd have to pay him if they if they just bought him out. So we'll see um, uh, what happens with with Kovalchuk. He probably wouldn't want to just walk away from that from that money, although. He's done it in the past. Uh, So, yeah, again, pretty fluid situation. Interesting to see if he lands with another NHL club. I know the Bruins were in on him when he was a free agent. Uh, Obviously, the deal was too rich and too lengthy. Uh, So, um, yeah, I don't know if they'll still have interest, but perhaps. In other uh, former Bruins news, uh, Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts column said that uh, there's a couple sources claiming Ryan Donato's name is out there on the trade market. Uh, Minnesota Wild, he thinks, will remain patient with the 23-year-old, but he has not uh, lived up to expectations uh, after coming over from the Bruins last year in exchange for Charlie Coyle. It's safe to say that's been a win for the Bruins so far, despite uh, many people questioning the deal at the time, whether the Bruins were were giving up on him too early, uh, but maybe the Wild are give, prepared to give up on him as well, which is a sign of uh, wisdom on the f- part of Don Sweeney. Uh, I mentioned in my chat with uh, Sam that the Leafs have a new backup in tow. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Forgive me, Casimir Kaskisuo. Uh But Freeman said the Leafs aren't as concerned over their backup goaltending as others seem to be. Uh, perhaps Eric Comrie isn't out there as an option or Alex Stalock, Tristan Jari, Casey DeSmith are other affordable targets, but um, the Leafs don't appear set right now to look and explore any other uh, goaltending options. So that's your podcast for today. Uh, like I mentioned, the Bruins practice here on Thursday, so we'll get a better idea of what their lineup might look like for Friday's game against the Leafs. We'll have a full preview of that game coming up tomorrow, as well as all the President's men. Uh, My look at the NHL's top five teams uh, heading into weekend action. I was going to do that today, but I bumped it in favor of chatting with Sam. And uh, thanks again to her for joining me. Uh, Do follow her on Twitter. And uh, thank you again for listening. Please follow the show at under underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren. And please subscribe, download, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends. Happy Thursday.